0: Hi folks, welcome back to the Newsprint Commando. I'm your host, Ed Moore. If you need to get in touch, the website ComicBookNoise slash TNC, Tango November Charlie, is where I post the episodes. The email address, I am IndieMan at gmail.com. Indie is I-N-D-I-E. Teal Productions has a Facebook page. Teal is in the color, T-E-A-L. Teal Productions is also on Twitter and Blue Sky and News P Commando on Twitter. I'm looking at Harrier Comics, Red Fox number seven in this several finals. This is the final issue of Red Fox, the final issue of Harrier Comics, the final episode of this season's newsprint commando. The cover from this book is a painted cover by none other than Mr. John Bolton, penciled, inked, and colored. It's an image of Red Fox uh, in a very skimpy outfit running through the woods with the image of Zabethio Kel Ash over her head looking at her, uh, an evil witchy kind of look. And then off to the side is a Robin Hoodie looking character who I understand who that's supposed to be, but it is not the same kind of person that we see uh, in the story. We see someone that starts out and finishes the story. Looking more like Kernunos, the uh, horned god of the of the wild or of the hunt, uh, from Celtic mythology, not this Robin Hoodie-looking dude that's on the cover here. Inside front cover is the letters page and some editorial. The story is by Cat Leslie and Fox. The script is by Cat Leslie and Chris Bell. Art by Fox and Dave Harwood. Letters by Jack McCardle. Gone to Earth is the title. And this is reprinted in Red Fox Book Two, The Demon Queen, which came out from Harrier Comics in 1988, December of 1988. This came out January 1987. We open with Red Fox tromping through the woods in uh, much dishevel, much disarray. She looks. Her leg hurts. Her hand hurts. It seemed that there should be a reason for that, if she could think of it. And she tries to think and suddenly is struck by pain. If only her mind were clearer. If only her head didn't hurt. She crumbles to the ground. We see images. Killer. Murderer. Butcher. Slaughterer. As these images are just filling her head. There's pain. Nothing else. Just the pain. She gets up and starts to try to wander around. And then she's getting different images of herself in a mini dress and boots and a leather jacket. A, an evil tree. She reaches up to, to do something and, and her hand is like turned to wood. And then there's an image perhaps more futuristically of her wearing, um, just some futuristic accoutrement. She thinks Lissa or asks if her companion Lissa is there somewhere. She sees someone and wonders if that's her, um, turns away and and runs off back into the woods. This is the first time we see an image of this individual who we're going to be told is a lead. He looks as though he has the horns uh, made of like tree branches, kind of thing, off of his head. His steed. The same, um, and it, it definitely is a horse, but it has these wooden branch-like antlers on it. She's wandering uh, several times. We see this this individual watching her from from the mount. Um, she realizes that perhaps something is going on with this ring that she has. It's a magic ring that she's had for several issues. She takes it off and flings it away, and through the fog. Both externally and in her mind, things start to clear her features and her face take on the more red fox uh, looking character, uh, softer, kinder looking. There's an image here. We're told the girl has wiped, was wiped clear of her past, future. Yeah, I don't know. They're trying to be deep here. She's sitting in the forest. There are flowers around her and several, several animals, squirrels. Rabbits, a fox, deer, birds. I don't know if that's real or not. Next, we see that a gentleman has uh, come up to her as she's laying in the forest sleeping, and he's dressed as the uh, fantasy character, a ranger would be dressed. He's got a tunic and pants on, boots, a rather long sword, an arrow, or a bow, and an arrow, a scabbard full of arrows. There we go. She wakes up and she's next to a fire. And so, you know, she starts looking around. She uh, Red Fox knows that she wasn't near a fire when she fell asleep. And he steps out from behind some trees. He says, welcome back, sleepy girl. Hey, hey, no need to be frightened. You're safe now. Poor little girl. You have been having a rotten time. And she kind of nymphishly looks away. What's wrong now? Oh, don't worry. It's only Bran and Skolin, uh, his hunting dogs. Here, Bran, boy, Skolin, come and say hello They're pretty big, but they're very gentle, really. There's no need to be afraid of them. I've had them since pups. Well, that's better. Perhaps I should introduce myself. May I present your humble servant? Let's see. You may as well call me Aled, A-L-E-D-D. It is my birth name, though I rarely use it. Anyway, little one, what shall I call you and why are you here? She turns away. Why so silent, little one? You can't speak. Hmm. That makes it difficult. I could choose a name for you, and he tries names on her, Megan, Mary Sean, Alyssa, no, ah, Carrie, K-E-R-I. So Aled is going to call Red Fox Carrie since she is not speaking up. A beautiful name for a beautiful creature. I just hope you don't have to leave my life as suddenly as you entered it. And she's like, well, I, I, I don't know. She gives the, you know, shoulders up, hands up. Oh, I nearly forgot. I've got some food for us here. Rabbits. I'll skin them. You cook them. You can cook. And we, we see several images here of her. I don't, I don't necessarily know what they're meant to be. Time of a sort passes. So we know maybe something interesting is going on here in the woods. Carrie, little one, you must eat. You cook them beautifully. Delicious. Try a bit just for me. Oh, I think I understand. Is it because the rabbits are your friends? I'm sorry. Would you rather we tried for boar? Uh, So I think he's believing that she is some fae, elvish kind of uh, nymphette, shall we say? Maybe tomorrow, but I could tickle some trout for you right this minute. I'm sure you're starving. Come on, I'll show you how it's done. She grasps him suddenly in a hug. And he says, Carrie, my love, be careful. You should not put yourself wholly in my hands. She shrinks away. She's like, no, no, no. I don't mean any harm, but I'm what you might call a hero. One whose purpose is to live when evil arises. To live only to give the side of good a fighting chance. Although I may grasp at life's pleasures, it can only be fleetingly. When evil comes, I must fight it wherever it takes me. I am one who can give hope when all seems lost or when the world is in gravest danger. If such a time were not close, I could not be here. And when that time comes, I shall have to leave you. So let us get you fed now. To work. And they go to a stream and he's showing her how to get these fish and catches one and tosses it to her. She, you know, kind of bats it around like you've seen different places. And then he talks to her and says, do you want to try? And she bends down uh, towards the stream and as she's attempting to do what he did, she falls in. He says, you were meant to pull them out, not jump in after them. And she gets kind of this fussy face and he's like, oh, you're all cold. Let's get you back to the fire and dry you out. Come on. And they walk to the fire and Here's where some adulty time comes in. Uh, they're bantering back and forth a little bit. He takes his tunic off to dry her hair. She takes her onesie, her, it's a short over the shoulder dress kind of thing. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure it has a name. She takes it off and tosses it to him, meaning she is now completely naked. And she takes his shirt and dries her hair with it. Then they're kind of cuddled here next to the fire. She jumps him. Wrestles him to the ground and, and they, uh, off panel do the deed. Time passes. Uh, Aled has his, had his wish. Carrie did stay for days, weeks. Who can say? Time flowed swiftly by them. Yet the seasons never changed. Carrie didn't notice. She was deeply in love. So again, there's another illusion that something's different about this place. Nothing would have troubled them were it not that she had bad dreams and he could feel an evil presence in the woods. So he went looking for it and found a ring, brought it back to her. She says, my ring. He says, what? You can speak then? Your ring. She says, yes, it was given to me. Where did you find it? Never mind. Please don't put it on. Why not? My love, it's an evil, tainted thing. You must not wear it. She says, but I have, d- I-, I am evil then? I, I don't know. I don't remember. He says, I swear you aren't. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, Aled, if, if I am, maybe you're here and now to fight me. And he says, no. We we can't – no, I might be – no, throw away that thing. Stay with me. But, love, I have to find out what I am. I might be a danger to you. And they, he, he grasps her by the side of the – either hand – either side of her head and and looks deeply into her eye. And, yeah, okay. Um, if you're bound to look for your past, I must – I can't live a dream forever. Uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He tells her, uh, you can find out who and what you are at the Well of Souls – had no idea this forest had something like that. We go to it, and it's a. Uh, first, it looks like a, a hole in the ground with magical emanations rising into the air. But then, several panels later, it looks more like a, a low lying spring, wet spring pond kind of water gathering thing with, again, though, with magic uh, moving up into the air, almost like you're showing the water evaporating kind of look. So, um, she goes to look into the well, and he leaves her. she What does she finally do? Here she finally places the ring on her finger, and we see her red fox. We see the evil red fox. We see a transition point, and then we see zabethy O'Kel Ash, and she screams uh, the dogs start, and he, he stops the dogs, and she causes her the, the magic sword to manifest, which is what the ring is supposed to do. It, it has a magic sword attached that you can manifest and cause to disappear. She causes it to manifest. Aled rushes over. What have you become? Oh, Carrie. And she's crying. She says, no, not Carrie. Zabeth, no, Red Fox. And she runs off again into the woods with Aled holding fast to Bran and Skolin. And he says, we are bound to meet again now. I pray to Griff and Cortan. I'm not bound to kill you, little Carrie. No, not Carrie not carry any more, Red Fox. And he says that in four panels, three panels uh, in between. It's him and then her, him and her, him. Um, In her three panels, we see her receding into the woods until she can't be seen anymore. She's run away into the woods. In the four panels of him, we see that he manifests on on his head these wooden looking antler kind of things. So he's turning back into this. Manifestation of who I believe to be Kernunos, uh, the Celtic god, but maybe he's not. Maybe they're just using that. Inside back cover is a Comic Buyers Guide fans award nomination sheet for 1986, and the back pa- the back cover is a full page ad for Barbarian, much like you spell the name Adrian B A R B A R I E N N E Barbarian. By Martin Locke and Nick Neoclius. Uh, it all begins in February, we said. And there's a a woman standing, chantilly clad, holding a huge uh, double-bit battle axe. And then next to her is a woman fully adorned in a bodysuit, uh, looking much more futuristically adorned. In the uh, letters page, we're told Harrier will begin a new sword and sorcery title in the a month from now with Barbarian. Please take the time to check them out as there are other new books coming. Um Sentinel, Sunrise, Conqueror Special, Gag, and Brickman. And they're already putting out Swiftsure, Avalon, Second City, Shock Therapy, and of course Red Fox here. So they're they're getting ready in uh, nineteen eighty-eight, I guess. Or no, later in eighty-seven, to just bust loose, as the kids say. I'm not sure, uh, I'm not overly familiar with everything. Harrier did, so I'm not sure if that happens or not. Well, maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll see. I, I don't know. But, um, interesting story. Um, I, I am always fascinated by manifestations and usage of this Celtic god of the hunt, Cianunos. Uh, usually you see him atop a steed, a, a very gnarly looking horse, leading what is called the wild hunt. And it's a group of fade like creatures behind him. And I, I think there's a large painting that often is referenced of this. The other thing that struck me is this John Bolton fully painted cover. Um, very striking compared to the other covers, the other six issues that we've had, which of course makes sense because Bolton hasn't done any of those, but this fully painted cover, it's, it's very, very pretty. Uh, they told him odd because of the little Robin Hood dude, but uh, that's okay. That was his interpretation of whatever they said. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's it for Harrier Comics Red Fox 7. Uh, that's it for this season's newsprint commando. I'll be continuing next season, uh, starting here just a couple weeks in January, with continuing coverage every second Tuesday of the month of Pacific Comics, and then in rotation, um, two other books that I have chosen to cover. I'll probably cover six issues of one and seven of the other, just like I did this season. Um One of those every four weeks, with every second Tuesday being a Pacific Comics. Each second Tuesday, I will be speaking on the production of Pacific for a given month. Starting in January, it will be September of 1982, as I continue going through these month by month. I'll talk to you guys then. Ciao.